I can't believe there's a VCR in here. Roberta, there's a VCR in here. Yeah, does it have a remote? I got a movie in my head. You want to see it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's good, it's good, it's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. Cruel to Rewind, episode seven, number seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky seven. It's wonderful to, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful to be with you again. It's it, it, it's it's fun. Fade it out and fade it out. Boy, nobody, none of the haters on the internet thought we would get this far. Nope. With seven whole episodes of a podcast that we made with our own little hands. Uh, I am Jeff. It's great to be with you. What kind of name is Jeff? Ew. And I'm joined by Angie. Huzzah! Angie. Angie, Angie. It's, it's, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you, still. We, we can't get away from each other, but it's always nice to see you. Yes. Um, it's just you, me, and a shitload of ants right now in the house. Yeah, really no gross. one invited any of these goddamn ants. I didn't invite no ants, no. Um, it's Memorial Day as we're recording this, and the weather's getting nice. And that means, I guess, when your house is old as shit, that means ants coming in to say hello. So we're trying to figure that out. At least the AC still works. Yes, the AC does still work. And it's pumping. It feels good. Yeah. It's always yeah. fun to turn on the AC for the first time. Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, we're in the first world. It, it's just a little reminder. <laughs> yeah. USA. Feels good. Um, thank you so much for all the, the comments and and you know, uh, well wishes and way to goes and compliments we've gotten from friends and family listening to the show. That's, it's really cool to see. Hi friends. Hi family. Hi friends and family. Um, thank you so much for listening. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool that center stage is actually having a moment. Would you say it is when we did the episode? I don't know why I didn't really put this together, but it came out in 2000. Mm -hmm. It is, 2020 so 20 years is a pretty big deal when you know things hit that maturity of 20 years yeah that's vintage yeah and there's just so much buzz on the interwebs about center stage it's definitely a, a beloved dance film and there's articles all over the place there was a nice one in the new york magazine yeah new york magazine it's not just this fun little culty. I don't know what I want to say. It's whatever you feel, just dance. <laughs> just whatever you feel. But you know, legit literary publications. Yes, are interested in talking about it because it's cool. It's you know why, why, why in God's name, why? It's super fun. So, I mean, we planned this perfectly on we did. purpose. Yep. So, if you haven't listened. Take a listen. 
it's streaming on Netflix right now, the movie. Watch the movie, listen to the podcast. It's fun. It is fun. I don't give a shit what you want. Whoa, hey. You're a dancer, period. Come on. Do what I want. Now, if you're not going to do that, what the hell are you doing here? What the hell are you doing? You know what? I don't need this. Not from you. God. That's right, Maureen. Yeah, what I didn't realize is that it's it's not just a cult right. movie. Like in in dancing circles, it is it's like the best thing going, which I didn't realize. It is. There's a lot of dance yeah. movies out there. There's a couple that'll make it on the pod, I think. Yeah, I think so. But I don't. I mean, there's no film I feel the way I do about center stage. It's like it's that perfect amount of really oh. fun dance numbers to watch and just really funny, terrible acting. It's just the perfect balance. Yeah. Because you care about the movie and you care about the characters. You want to watch it. But then in between all that are just these funny little scenes that you can still enjoy, even though they're terrible. And I guess if you're a dancer, like it really, it does hold up like the, the dance numbers, right? Would mm-hmm. you say? Yeah. Whatever you feel, just dance it. So, and in other uh, previous episode news, it was Bill Paxton's birthday when we recorded the Aliens episode, which I file under N for neat. <laughs> Whoopie fucking do. <laughs> it's really yeah, great. Shout out. Game over, man. It's game over. Happy R. birthday, R. Bill. R.I.P. Hudson, just deal with it because we need you and I'm sick of your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> sick of your bullshit. I love that one. Yep. So that's lots of fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the boy, the fan mail keeps pouring in. We keep getting one by one. More, one by one. It's fun. It, it, it's fun. Um, this next one is from. Yes. A good friend of yours, right? Yes. Uh, her name is Gail McCurley. Excuse me, Katie McCurley. <laughs> <laughs> Loyal friend and listener of the pod. She sent a really funny memory of Good Burger, so let me let me read this to you. Yeah. I have to weigh in on Good Burger because I've got a hilarious and random memory. Back when this movie came out, another movie had come out around the same time. If you remember the movie Michael with John Travolta, cool, me neither. I actually do remember Michael. I remember Michael. I may have seen it. That came out at a time when I would just go and see movies for the fun of it. Just, it didn't matter what it was. He was an angel, right? He was an angel, yes. And he danced (laughs) beautifully, just like the uh, uh, center stage. Whatever you feel, just dance it. (laughs) Anyway, my mom loved Michael, and for Mother's Day, she wanted the soundtrack on cassette tape, obviously. I don't remember her asking for it, but my dad took me to Harmony House, and we bought her a soundtrack. Shout out to Harmony House. Shout out to Harmony House. Only it wasn't Michael. It was Good Burger. Why? I don't know where <laughs> my dad got the idea that that was the tape she wanted, but that's what he got her from us. The look on my mom's face when she opened it, priceless. My dad was convinced that's the one she wanted. She laughed so hard, and you better believe it, we listened to it in the minivan. What up, minivans? Couldn't tell you what was on the tape, except that, Jeff, you probably would have hated it. <laughs> Anyway, had to share. Love you guys. Love the podcast. Can't stop laughing. Love, Katie. It's fun. P.S. I would so buy a shirt that says, Somebody put a hamburger in my bed. I don't, you know, how would someone mix up Michael and Good Burger? So let me get this straight. He went to the store. 
and purposely bought Good Burger, but she wanted Michael. He didn't. He didn't confuse Good Burger with Michael. I don't he know. Just made a made called an. We'd audible. have to ask Tim. We'd have to ask Clifford Tim. and yeah. find out. Wow, I don't know how you mix up <laughs> Hollywood's greatest dancer, um, John Travolta, with Keenan and Kel. But that's a funny mix-up, full of hijinks and whimsy. Perfect memories for this podcast. Yes. Thank you, Katie. It's it's, it's fun. <laughs> Oh, you know what we were we just stepped away from watching? Oh yeah. To take a break and come record this episode. We put on the wrong Missy on Netflix. And when got- you when you watch the trailer, you can tell it's probably a little bit of dog shit. But I love David Spade so much that I just thought, let's just put it on. Yeah. And it, it got us to thinking, did, has anyone else taken David Spade for granted for like the last 10 years? Because I kind of forgot how hilarious he was. Yeah. Up until the Comedy Central show, Lights Out, yes. came on mm-hmm. uh, in the last year. And I also heard Anthony Jeselnik on his Comedy Central show say that David Spade is possibly the funniest person alive. And when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I, he, he might be right. He's just so, his sense of humor works for so many people, but not in like, how how would you describe it? Well, I would describe his humor as slightly down the middle. Yeah. But he behaves in such an impish, youthful way that it's just aged well. Like he's doing the same, he's doing the same stuff that he was doing on Weekend Update when he would review movies and- <laughs> He said, you know, he called Eddie Murphy a falling star. He's got the same snark today, and he looks basically the same. <laughs> it it just, it ages well, and it always works, his sense of humor. And I, I took him for granted for a long time. I didn't even think about him until Lights Out. Yeah, hit, hit I'm so airwaves. glad for Lights Out, and I'm so bummed that they canceled it. But I hope that he finds another platform where we can hear from him on a regular basis, because... We religiously had lights out on every night. It was it was a constant for yep. a while. Yep. Because he's it. friends with everyone, so just mm-hmm. the, the combination of comedians and actors he'd throw together, it was just it was always it, it, sometimes sometimes he had some duds on and like the mix didn't work, but most of the time it was it worked. And when it didn't work, he's so funny just as yeah. a person and you could tell he knew it wasn't working and he just went for it and uh self-deprecating but not overly so cuz that that bit gets old too. But I was listening to his interviews on Howard Stern when they put out the free free access to Sirius XM a few week, you know, when all this nonsense happened. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun to go back and listen to old interviews. He's the king. Yeah, I love him. So we put on the wrong Missy, knowing that was probably dog shit, but it's actually pretty funny. Lauren Lapkus is hilarious, and it's fun to see Nick Swartzen. Nick Swartzen is one of our favorites. Oh, sad. He's hilarious. Lauren Lapkus, I didn't realize she had that gear to to go into. Like She plays an insane person. Yeah. And the facial expressions are yeah. on. She's got a really good point. face. It's fun. So we'll we'll once we're done with this episode, we'll go see how it turns out. Yeah. It's pretty stupid, but 
I'm still laughing. But it's not as stupid as I thought. It's not it's not like the one where um Adam Sandler's a secret agent and David Spade gets mixed up with him. It it's I, it's not Did as, we watch that or did we did, I we did watch it? Do not remember. That it was must dog have been shit. horrible. This <laughs> it's got the gross out humor that I can't relate to, but I still it's yeah. it's I'm sort of impressed at how it's keeping my attention. Yeah. <laughs> That's our tribute and love for David Spade. Huzzah! Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to have huzzah in the podcast. I love, now. I love, I love the sad huzzah from Troy. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on to today's movie, Angie. It is your turn yes. to sit me down to watch your favorite. What do you got going on? This week, we are watching Now and Then, the non-Oscar nominee from 1995. Because you make me watch Drivel. Uh Just kidding. Now and Then centers around four best girlfriends who reunite as adults based on a pact they made one very memorable summer in 1970 when they were 12 years old. So let's play the trailer. Let's check out the trailer. New Line Cinema presents... Christina Ricci and Rosie O'Donnell as Roberta. You're a woman on the verge. She's like a volcano ready to erupt. Laura Birch and Melanie Griffith as Teeny. You are a sexual magnet attracting men from the four corners of the world. Uh, Gabby Hoffman and Demi Moore as Samantha. Don't be afraid to take the plunge. Demi, you might surprise Demi? yourself. He's back and we brought him. <laughs> Ashley Aston Moore and Rita Wilson as Chrissy. Let go of your inhibitions before you dry up like a prune. <laughs> In a film about who we were. If you mention this to anyone, I'll beat the hell out of you. Who we are. Oh, Dad, I'm crazy about the drug. It's too late for that. Give me the drugs or I'll kill you. And the friends. <laughs> kind of looks like Rush Limbaugh. We have to find for it. Reboot or truth or dare? Truth. How big are your boobs now? Well, just how big are your boobs? 36 D. And with every penny. Oh, sure. One for all. Now and then. It sounds really fun. It's a movie made for you, really. Yeah. No, I can tell I'm going to get a lot out of this and relate to um, becoming, you know, becoming a young lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now and then, it's set in modern day. Sam, Teeny, Roberta, and Chrissy reunite in their small Indiana hometown of Shelby. To support Christy, who is expecting to give birth to her first child any day now. Narrated by Sam, the story focuses on the summer of 1970 when the group set out to earn enough money to purchase a treehouse from a Sears catalog and contact the spirit of a young boy who mysteriously died 25 years earlier in their town by participating in seances led by Sam, who has an interest in the supernatural. All while they are dealing with some major personal struggles. Sam and her parents' divorce and her mother's subsequent dating, Teeny and her pursuit of stardom, good looks, and overall growing up faster. Roberta in overcoming the death of her mother and the embarrassment she experiences due to her developing preteen bod. All right. And Chrissy's ignorance about sex and life in general due to her mother's overprotective nature. The film 
returns to present day when Chrissy goes into labor and gives birth to a baby girl. And later in the treehouse they bought that summer, they make another pack to visit more often. So just so I'm clear, no gunfights. No No, space marines. No space marines. Aliens. Okay. Kilts. Hmm. Death scenes. Not even one kilt. Beheadings. No torture. No, and and no uh, okay. saloon gunfights. Okay. So it's not looking good. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so, uh, Angela, yes. um, why is now and then one of your childhood favorites? I think that watching movies that are very relatable was something that I did when I was younger. I think they either had to be really funny or just something that made sense to me. And yeah. spending nearly every day with a few best friends over the summer, riding bikes, going for ice cream, going swimming in a small suburban town, that was my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, it was just like, oh, it's just like me and my friends. Sure. So it was, you know, I was going to watch it. Yeah, representation, very important Yeah, when watching a movie. I get yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Can you think of one special memory you have of now and then? <laughs> no spoilers. I have it written in the notes. No spoilers. And because of that, I decided not to go into a couple of my favorite scenes. I think it'll be more fun for you to watch it, and then we can talk about it after. Okay. But a special memory I have is the soundtrack. It's a super fun soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it's made up of a bunch of oldies classics, so it made me feel kind of cool like I had good taste in music because I was listening to old 60s and 70s jams on the soundtrack to this movie yeah I liked what I heard in the trailer Mm -hmm. and of course Band of Gold was playing under you which is a great track Um, yeah it's probably the best use of an electric sitar ever (laughs) so yeah maybe I think that might be something I'll be able to I hope so I hope that's because honestly Full disclosure, I don't think you're going to like this movie. You're probably right. <laughs> I mean. But maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I think it'll just give you a good glimpse into what I liked as a as a preteen, just and to get to know preteen Ange. That has value too. Yeah. So, I hope I don't hate it. But, and I honestly, when I decided to do this movie for episode seven, I thought, oh, I should, I should give him something that's a little bit, you know has better ratings and maybe it's more of a drama not like this right. movie that I like to make fun of center stage or like a goofy movie like Good Burger and I am appalled actually that this movie has a 28% in Rotten Tomatoes really? I, I I didn't think it was great but I thought maybe like I thought maybe it was 50 or over mm-hmm. I don't understand why it's rated so poorly I mean it's not the best movie but you know, I thought it was a little better than 28%. So I don't know. I might give you a better movie sometime. Yeah. What's it take to be fresh? 60 something? Uh, like six. Okay. 65. Well. Yeah, maybe you're right. 60. So uh, that's my bad, but. Rotten Tomatoes is full of cult favorites that get shit on by critics. So maybe this is one of those. Yeah, no. Maybe, but. Any other fun facts for us? The tagline, I never knew what the tagline was until I looked it up. In every woman, there's the girl she left behind. I don't, you don't leave your little self behind. 
I don't. I suppose not. I suppose she's still in there somewhere. The yeah. Little girl. But it that does give you a nice wistful feeling. It does hearing that tagline. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to stay just, positive. Yeah, it's just all about. It's about friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a movie about friendship? That's how Unforgiven was. Yeah. It's a movie about friendship. Do any of the girls uh, are any of their corpses put on display in front of a saloon? I mean, you heard the trailer. It's yeah. rated PG-13. I think you're going to have to just watch it and find out. All right. Fine. It's fine. So let's go watch it. Let's go. Let's go. Watch it and have some fun. Those are the wormers. Everyone in the neighborhood felt sorry for their mother. Like us, the wormers also had a summer goal. It was to make our lives miserable. They were the enemy. Hey, wormy wormers. No! Whoa. Yeah, like a really afraid of a fucking girl. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> hey, wormy wormers. <laughs> That's fun. Wormy wormers. Yeah. Well, we watched it. We saw now and then from start to finish. And I just got back in touch with the little girl I left behind. <laughs> Have you ever seen Stand By Me? Bits and pieces. Okay. I know this is this is the female Stand By Me, quote unquote. Yeah, okay. that's kind of what people refer to it as, I think, just to give you a quick, like, just right. what type of movie it is. But Stand By Me is, it's much better. Um, Angie, maybe you want to talk more about this, but this is our first time having a themed beverage yeah. uh, after watching a movie. Four black cows. It'll be a dollar sixty, boys. Janine Garofalo there in a little in a small role. Cool yeah. to see her. One of my favorite scenes is when you're kind of getting acquainted with the four friends, and they're at this little diner, and they get black cows. And when we were watching it, I just thought that looks and sounds so good. I mean, I haven't, I don't like root beer. I never crave a root beer float, but something about having the black cow, which is vanilla ice cream and Coke. Mm -hmm. So simple. Sounded so delicious. So we're going to crack open a fresh bottle of Mexican Coke, Mm -hmm. some delicious vanilla ice cream and have ourselves a black cow. Just enjoy ourselves a treat. (laughs) <laughs> um and i'm i'm excited to uh partake because i haven't had coke in like yeah five years so in mexican coke it's better mm. <laughs> made with real sugar that sounds good i'll have that so jeff i set this movie up knowing that i you know it's it's not for you it wasn't made in 1995 for a preteen 
boy, I would say. There's no explosions. And it's not really made for a 38-year-old man either. Right. Captain America's not in it. No. But I would like to hear you tell me what you thought. So it, it would be far too lazy to just file this under N for not for me. <laughs> but um, there were times when it was kind of going right through me. Like I was binging on um, th- the snack food pirate's booty, like just eating a lot of nothing. It just wasn't very substantial. Yeah. But however, uh, it's always a treat to see Rosie O'Donnell. I think she's an underrated performer. Agree. And seeing her reminds me of a simpler time when, uh, you know, I, it's not a political show, but it reminds me of a time when Trump was just like a troll on TV who would pop up every once in a while and bash her. And she would bash her, bash him back. It's kind of fun. I watched her talk show religiously. Yeah. That was one of my very favorite shows to watch every single day. I think she's hilarious. There's another film that's going to show up on this podcast that stars Rosie O'Donnell, Harriet the Spy. Oh, nice. I don't think this movie will show up on the podcast, but I love watching her in another stakeout with, uh, what's his, Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's so funny. I rented that one too. I, or I feel like that's something my mom rented. Yeah. And we all watched it. Stickley's our favorite. That's a funny. We drop that in. <laughs> Stickley's our favorite. Um, but Rosie O'Donnell plays the adult version of Roberta. So she's only in it a little bit, but she makes herself. It's a couple. It's some of my favorite scenes and lines are, of course, when she's when she shows up in this film. And the child version of Roberta is. Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. I don't. You don't tie those two together because Rosie O'Donnell's just talking in her East Coast, yeah. You know, guts, you know, oh, forget <laughs> yeah. about it kind of thing. Yeah, and they're in Indiana, right? It doesn't quite Ricci fit. Does not have that. Anyway, I, it's it's hard to connect those two. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for talking me through it. Um, I I'll tell you, I perked the fuck up when I heard uh, "Midnight Rider" by the Allman Brothers kick in. <laughs> I even wrote in my notes, and I don't talk this way, so I don't know why I wrote it this way. So dope. Almond Brothers. <laughs> Midnight Rider. Uh, the kids' rooms were super fucking cool. I thought Samantha's room was so great with all the planets and the fluorescent colors. Like that That's my kind of kids' room. I like when movies are establishing all their characters and they do that in the very beginning when they start the flashback, they go to each character, each of the four girls, they go to each of their bedrooms and kind of just talk a little bit about what they were like. Sam's narrating. So she's kind of, it's from her point of view, but Sam is into the supernatural and sci-fi and she's got a really cool room that you wouldn't really, identify with a stereotypical 12-year-old girl's room. Chrissy's room, on the other hand, is very pink and girly and frilly. So is Teenie's room. That's something else I had in my notes. I liked Teenie's room. It was very detailed, and I I liked the color scheme. The color scheme, it sort of harkened back to the 50s, right? Yeah, uh-huh. There's like some, it's a, a little bit more adult-looking than Chrissy's room, yeah. which is like frilly and very pink, right. but- because Teeny is the one who wants to be a movie star and just wants to grow up faster, and she's always stuffing her bra, so her room's a little bit more mature in her that. Her bra room? <laughs> yeah. 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 Kids' rooms were really cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't write this down, but I like 
the supernatural stuff, the seance stuff. That's just fun. It is. It is fun. Yeah. I like supernatural metaphysical woo woo stuff. Not that I believe in it, but it's just fun to, to read up on and listen to on podcasts. So I, I really like that part of it. The seance killer soundtrack, mm-hmm. obviously, um, you know, the seventies, not that all the music was from the seventies, but it's stuff they would have listened to in 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dug it to use the vernacular from the seventies. Uh, let's see. I hate to say it. I laughed out loud. There's a, there's a scene where you kind of get a, a hint of the divorce like, mm-hmm. and it kind of felt like baby's first divorce. Like you, you heard the dad say we've tried everything and it's just not working door slam. <laughs> um, sorry if you're a child of divorce, I thought it was funny. Good. Then get the hell out of my life. Who needs you? Beat it. Leave me alone. Oh my God. I forgot how cool Brendan Fraser was. Back in the day. I am, sure. He's so cool in this movie. They He's make really him cool. so cool. And when I think of Brendan Fraser, I think of George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle, yes. <laughs> that was a turd burger. But right, he's in, um, I can't remember what else he's in, but just a lot. I feel like he's in a lot of really stupid stuff, but he plays like the coolest hitchhiker. I totally want to cut off your skin and wear it to my birthday. <laughs> Should we hear some of him? Yeah. So are you going to be sticking around here for a while? Mm. No, I try not to stick around anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. sure. Definitely. They're all trying to see. Is that an spot. earring you're wearing? That's right. <laughs> yeah. This earring's so cool. You're a hippie, aren't you? Goddamn. You're a trip. My mom says all hippies are sex fiends. Jeez, Chrissy. <laughs> I can tell you something that I wish somebody told me when I was your age. And what's that? Your parents aren't always right. No shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I just forgot how cool he was. Like, my brother and I went and saw the mummy in the theater. Like, who gives a fuck about the mummy? We just, <laughs> that He used to have star power. He used to be a draw. Yeah. We went out to see him. It's crazy. And you get a, a hint of... Uh, Chrissy being very naive about a lot of stuff. And I love uh, Bonnie Hunt shows up as her mom very, very briefly uh, towards uh, kind of at the beginning of the film when they're establishing all the characters. But again, Chrissy's very naive, doesn't really know much. All throughout the movie, they're kind of teaching her about sex a little bit. But Mm. when her and her mom are talking about sex, it's hilarious. I've been thinking... About what you ask me. About sex. Yes, dear. <laughs> you say that very casually. It's very scary for mommy. It's like somebody going, boo. Ah, that's what sex is. I'm sorry, mommy. Let's see. What else? Hey, bitches. <laughs> that was a good drop. Had to grab it. Yeah. Um, hey, bitches. Crazy Pete. Yeah, do you want to talk about Crazy Pete? I do want, crazy Pete reminds me of a lot of things. Um so Crazy Pete is this old man who rides around at nighttime in their little town and they come across him when they're in the cemetery one time for one of the seances. But he's just kind of known as this like creepy old man and everyone stay away from Crazy Pete. I mean, he got the name Crazy Pete for some reason. So Sounds crazy to me. <laughs> I was getting some Boo Radley vibes. Yeah. 
and <laughs> of the old prospector voice that Robin Robin Williams used to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, what are you doing? I, I can't remember what that actor is, but he would always go into that that kind of voice. <laughs> Damn it. Like, he's just an old guy from, you know, 1970. I don't know why he had to have that type of voice. He was old in 1970, which means he's ancient. (laughs) Yeah. All in all, I was bored for most of the movie. Yep. But really enjoyed the one-liners and seeing these young actors starting out for the first time. Christina Ricci and the rest. Uh, That's verbatim for my notes, so. (laughs) Yeah, Christina Ricci, she was in... So she had already done Adam's Family at this point. And then oh, Casper came out, I think, this same year. Her and Devin Sawa. Is that the guy? Yeah, that, he plays the... They made out, right? Yes. He was fantastic for, for a young actor. I thought he was great. Yeah, he... So he's kind of like a, a Disney movie dream hunk in the 90s. And I think... Now and then, and then Casper. I think Casper was probably where, because he was in it a lot more in Casper. I think that was... Was he Casper? Was he the ghost? Yeah. He he oh. plays the the live, the the human version of Casper. I'll be Yeah, damn. I think. Mm. I thought he had real... We can check that, but... Real presence, real chops, as they say in the business. I thought he had chops. He does a good job at playing like a nervous preteen, but it's not really uncomfortable because him and Roberta... They're always like fighting and at each other. He's one of the warmers, yeah. but then they kind of have a moment because she's grown up a little and she's coming into, you know, I might like a boy. Yeah. And it's not so painful to watch. And she grows up to be Rosie O'Donnell, which is confusing. <laughs> so you touched on this before, but you loved Rosie O'Donnell growing up, correct? Yes. And we need we need to get into this scene. What is it that she has that gets people so excited? Long legs, a tiny waist, and perky breasts. Roberta, you know how I feel about swearing. Chrissy, breast is not a dirty word. I can't hear you. Breast. Can't hear you. Breast. Can't hear you. Breast. <laughs> I love her so much. So that's adult Chrissy and adult Roberta talking about breast teeny breast teeny as a as an adult so teeny actually grows up to be a famous actress every you know that's what she wanted to be when she grew up and she did it that's great and she got big fake boobs right there's a lot of boob talk in this movie did you notice that i did boobies i did um but also some penis talk yeah a fair bit i mean these girls are 12 years old it's Things are happening to them. They're discovering new things about other people. They want to know about that D. <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes. I didn't want to spoil it because yes, I knew that there wasn't going to be a whole lot in this film that you were going to have fun watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I Cool. Thanks for putting it on for me. <laughs> so I didn't want to ruin one of the few times that I thought you might laugh. Breast. <laughs> Shall we watch a scene about penis and balls? Yes, please. This is when uh, the the girls catch the the wormy wormers. Hey, wormy wormers! Here we go. Here's the rest of that scene. 
Here's part of it. I saw his penis. Who's? And the balls. <laughs> you guys. Scott's. They saw some boners. Not some boners, but they saw the warmers are some wieners. I saw his penis and the balls. The shwoman naked in a lake, and the girls come across them and uh, do a little peeking. (laughs) (laughs) But then they play a hilarious prank because girls are smart and clever as fuck. They steal all their clothes from their bikes and yeah. they start riding away and, you know, take their clothes and they eventually give them back. But That's true. And that's <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yes, girls are way smarter way sooner. Yeah. Yeah, well, you deserve it, fart ass. <laughs> they, they do deserve it. Those warmers deserved it. Yeah. So another favorite scene of mine, it's, it, it's not that interesting of a scene, but it's just something that reminds me of this movie all the time is what I go to. But they're just riding their bikes mm-hmm. down a road because they're going from their little town to the next town over. They're just riding their bikes. They're playing music. And it just it just reminds me of summertime on my bike with my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We weren't playing music this cool. We weren't listening to Badfinger. No. Maybe OK Go. Maybe Hanson. Oh. Probably like Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go came much longer uh, later. Yes. Yeah, I was just biking along, singing your but favorite rock hits. It's summertime in a little town. Just not a care in the world. Hey, bitches. You're just filling up your day with hanging out with your friends on, on a bike. You dump each other's books and... Yeah, well, you deserve it, fart ass. (laughs) And then you turn a corner and... I saw his penis. (laughs) And the balls. So much. There's also another scene where, again, they're talking about... They keep having to teach Chrissy a lot about sex and things. Sex. And it's a little bit deeper into that scene of when they see them swimming naked. Oh, yeah. It's not very big. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? No, it's only big when a guy has a heart on. Oh. And when that happens, they get this big. What's a heart on? This is one of those films that it's... You can, it's predictable. You kind of know what's going to sure. happen. I mean, I've seen it a ton of times, so I know what happens. But you could doze off and come back and know what was going on. It's just, it's just like a, a comfort blanket. It's that type of movie. I, I thought it deserved better than a twenty-eight. I know, right? Twenty-eight is pretty shitty. Twenty-eight is like the version of Arthur that came out with. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Russell, Brand. Russell Brand. We walked out of that and shit. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. Right. She, yeah. She's the we girlfriend walked or whatever. The fuck out of that. That was terrible. I think that was the only movie I walked out on. I think. I've walked out of a few. We'll, we'll have to go into that sometime. Well, I'll tell you right now. I walked out of. 
you don't remember this, but we walked out of Hot Tub Time Machine with like five minutes to go, like 10 minutes to go. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember seeing that at all. I walked out of the heist, or I'm sorry. No, I think it was just called Heist with Gene Hackman. I walked out of that. I know who Gene Hackman is. Now you know who he is. <laughs> is that one we will not watch? Hot, ain't it? We're not going to watch that, <laughs> okay. no. it It's it's a movie full of Danny DeVito going, the thing, the guy with the thing. Remember the guy? He did the thing. Over with the other guy with the thing. And it, <laughs> it's just the hackiest, like, hey, Midwestern person, have you never seen someone from the East Coast? Enjoy this, please. Like, <laughs> who the fuck? No, I'm not going to. This this is stupid. Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. Anything else? What do you think? Any other thoughts? I think seeing this movie and having a more critical eye while I'm watching it and being older. I've, I feel like I've watched this movie in the last two or three years. So it was still pretty fresh in my mind, but I said at the beginning, it's just a movie about friendship, which I think is nice. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Huzzah. Uh, (laughs) This film makes it clear that these four girls were very different from each other as 12 year olds. And then when they grew up, you know, when you grow up, you're, you have a pretty small pool of people to be friends with because it's just by who you go to school with or who lives in your subdivision or who lives in your tiny little town. So friends are going to be very different from each other. And and then this movie makes it even more clear that when they grow up, they're even more different. And you're like, how are these people friends still today? But it's because, you know, the, the bonds of preteen friendship can be so strong. So strong. Like if you, think about a friend you have, you've had for many, many years. I mean, you could think like, would I, if I met this person today, would I be friends with them? Right. And you don't really want to answer that question because it, I don't know if it, what would it would be, but it doesn't matter. You're friends now. So that's just what it is. But I think it's just really fun to see that as an adult. Now you're friends with people for, sometimes a reason just because of like proximity to where you can ride your bike to. You you don't want to ask that question to yourself, but it, it can creep in there, but it's okay. That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. I also like how they show how some of the one-on-one relationships between this group of friends mature because it's inevitable. If you have a, a small group of three to six people, you're, you're friends all together in a group, but it's just natural that you might have different types of bonds or stronger bonds with individuals. I think that's very true for when you have a, a group of friends, you find different things that you enjoy mm-hmm. and you bond over. And I think that's very nice. Mm, that is nice. They're friends then and they're friends now. They're friends now. You mean both now and then? They're friends still. Yes. That's great. I'm you know, t- I didn't put that together the first time, <laughs> but thanks. I'm going to tell you about things I didn't like. What? I really, really hate... Well, since we're on the topic of now and then. Mm -hmm. So the movie is bookended by the now. Yeah. And it's... they're, They're very short. It's just a few minutes on either end of the movie. But I don't really care about 
them now. <laughs> you just, I mean, the 90% of the movie is the then. Yep. But I feel like it was kind of like tacked on a little bit. And the only thing that is fun about it is Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Showing up for a few minutes and you kind of get a laugh at a couple things. That's a good point. That is a great point. Press. <laughs> so, breast. It feels a little. <laughs> so his penis. <laughs> and the balls. Sorry. Breast. So we now have a drop on, in our files called penis and balls. <laughs> Two versions of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Short and long. Yeah. But. Ooh. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, so, I, you know, did you get. I mean, you don't you don't get the through line from the young actor to the old actor. You yeah. don't you don't see you don't get that that's a progression of the same person. Because yeah. I don't unless if you look at the cover, the movie poster, and, and they're like them next pose to each other. with each other. But I've seen it enough times where you I I know now, but it's not terribly obvious. And it's kind of a throwaway. It's true. The the. The scenes in the present take away; they detract from the 1970s scenes. Mm-hmm. Like the the these are these child actors are killing it. Mm-hmm. Like Christina Ricci, great. Uh, who's another one? Gabby. Ho- Gabby Hoffman. Hoffman, yeah, she's so great. gifted. Yeah, Thora Birch. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, Thora Birch is great. I feel like I'm just when I turn this movie on, I'm getting a snack, getting a drink, while the beginnings take you know taking off, and then I really focus in when they're on the swings and it goes back to that 1970 summer. The childhood scenes are where it's at. Yep. The other thing I really hate, and this isn't just from this film, but it's in TV shows or just other like PG 13 movies is childbirth scenes. They're so fucking corny and awful. It's so dumb. They're like tons of people are in the room and it's like push, push. And it's just, they're so dumb. The woman always screams, I want drugs. Yeah. God! I need some drugs. Slow down your breathing. You're not in an aerobics class. Fuck my breathing. Whoa, hey, hey. You gotta calm down. I'll have to get the exorcist in here. It's every fucking time. Like, and maybe there's a twist. Like, she went in expecting a natural birth. And in the end, she says, I want drugs. But there's always somebody screaming for drugs. I changed my mind. I want that, but girl, I want it, Gary. No, no, honey. Yep. No, 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 no. You said you yes. didn't want it, and you said that even if you did ask for it, that that would just be the crazy talking. Oh, Gary, get me the juice. That seemed a little crazy. Yeah. It's, it's the most factory settings default. I hate it so much. Scene. It's yeah, so, it like, again, with the with the now scenes bookended in the movie, like, just go to the scene when they're holding the baby and they're in their treehouse that they bought that summer and they're just reminiscing and talking about their lives. Just take me there. I don't need, it's so pointless. The worst. I'd like to track down the original like pregnancy, not a uh, childbirth scene that does it that way and just see <laughs> and do a super cut from that point on. Because although I, I don't, drugs. although I don't have direct uh, experience, I'm going to kill you. Like she grabs the husband. <laughs> I hate you. I'm going to kill you. You did this to me. You did this to me, you miserable piece of dick brain, horseshit, slime sucking son of a whore. Bitch. Sorry to invoke his name, but it's it's like the 
the Bill Cosby himself bit. I want morphine. That whole thing. <laughs> it's like from then on. It's the uh, same. I hate them. They so paint the much. same picture. Corny as shit. Yeah. So. Oh, God, it feels like I'm shitting a knife. Okay. Why won't you bitches help me? I think we covered everything. I there was a some aha moments I had Press. watching <laughs> watching this. Did you With let me ask you this? Eye. Yes. Did you see? I saw his penis. Whose? And, and the balls. balls. So that made no sense the way I set it up. <laughs> yeah, well, you deserve it, fart ass. <laughs> Any other thoughts? I think that's it. I think I covered everything that I really love about this movie. A few things that are just very annoying and always will be. Mm-hmm. And just some nice friendship messages that yeah. as someone who was a 12-year-old girl once in a small town and is now yeah. an adult. And I think the 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 themes of friendship are fun. It is fun. I like it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I it's fun, like friendship. And she likes it. And friendship is pleasing and nice. <laughs> and everyone should love it. So, Jeff. Yes. So, hang on. We got to give this we got to give this moment the gravity it deserves. You're about to ask me the question that everyone's waiting to hear. What is it? What do you want to ask me? Would it be cool or cruel to rewind now and then? I'm going to let the signature soundscape speak for me, and I think you'll be surprised. Honey, I'm so happy. What? It's a comforting movie, isn't it? I'm telling you, I like the childhood stuff. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I like the kids stuff. (laughs) Crazy Pete, they call me. Um, No, I like- I like the seances. I like, I think these child actors were killing it. Like I, I, there were some very serious scenes in this film and they do a great job. They're very convincing and they get through a lot of, all four of them are going through like kind of weird personal shit for a 12 year old to be dealing with. And I like kid humor. Yeah. Well, you deserve it. Fart ass. Like, Anyway, that's to say that I enjoyed the razzing, like the boys versus girls, yeah, giving each other a hard time, the pranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, well, I, I did feel like much of the movie was pirates' booty, and I wasn't getting any nutrients. But as the film went on, I started to get more and more out of it, and started to enjoy myself. Oh, good. And of course, it remind it. I can picture you as a young lady watching this. And enjoying it. And it's a little piece of you. Yeah. So I know the name of the podcast is Cruel to Rewind, not Gush All Over Your Spouse, the podcast series, but <laughs> that's how I felt. Yay. That is, that's a surprise. That's a surprise turn of events. But I, I felt that there would be something that would grab onto you. I didn't think you would really like it that much, but I thought there was enough substance there that, it, but I didn't think you would uh, deem it. Cool to rewind, though. If you had this on, I would sit and, and wait for um, this scene. I saw his penis. Who's? And the balls. Use. So. Nice. Undies. That's funny. It just. Nice. Undies. Yeah. You don't see a lot of great child actors doing their thing. And this is one of those cases. 
Well, there you have it. That's our expert analysis. Um, In a surprise, I'm I am surprised pleasantly. Sort of like aliens, how you mm-hmm. kind of talked yourself into it and enjoyed yeah. the second half. Yeah. Kind of the same thing here. Awesome. So that's about it for now. And then uh, we would love it if, you know, if, if you're a, a Cruel to Rewind super fan, go ahead and send us an email at cruel to rewind at gmail.com. Please. I love getting emails and getting to read them. So. Please keep them coming and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cruel to Rewind. And we, again, we're on all major podcast platforms. Yeah. As of last week. Yeah, we're there. And if you listen on Apple, give us a rating and review because apparently it matters. Go ahead. Just do it. Um, Also... You know, it, it's fun to have a platform to speak on because you can you can plug your friends who are doing cool things. The name of the segment is Cool Friends Doing Neat Things. I have it written down here. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep hitting Brian Cox when I mean air horn. It's fun. It's fun. Got to keep them straight. So I, you may or may not know this. I am a musician and I used to play in this wedding band with a, a young fella, young guitar player. He goes by the stage name Meyer Brooks or Mayor Brooks, excuse me. And he's part of this beat banking collective called Bioko, B-Y-O-K-O. They just put out a beat tape called Portraits Volume One. You got to check it out. It's some mature ass music from some very young dudes and if if you're interested in hearing new sounds from chicago and and seeing what the next generation of creators sounds like you got to give them a listen it's great guitar work great beats production um i highly recommend it also if you're in the lansing area and you're hungry you got to find the bangos food truck oh their sandwiches look so good they look great my friend Will, he is a comedian from Michigan, and uh, we used to co-host a podcast together back in the day. He is one of the founders of this company, and the food looks outstanding. They, they started doing breakfast sandwiches. Mm. That's kind of how they made a name for themselves, but they're doing burgers. They're doing fries. They're doing all kinds of stuff, it, and it looks the Who food doesn't looks love a great breakfast sandwich? I know. Ugh. They've got the brioche. They got the bagels. They got the special, special recipe. They got their own secret sauce. Bango I think. sauce. I, th- I think it's called bango sauce. I think it is. Oh, I want some. Look them up. Bangos. A- will, will you please send me a sandwich? Would you put a bagel in a Manila envelope and just shoot it over to Chicago? Thanks. Uh, Bangos. I think their tagline is "It's a sense of a very sensible habit." Look them up. They're on social media too. Um, look them up on Instagram. Anyway. It's cool to see cool friends doing neat stuff. (laughs) So what's coming up for our next pie show episode? Or I mean podcast episode. (laughs) That's some inside inside baseball right there. That'll make sense in a later episode. Um, On the next pie show, we're doing... (laughs) Oh, we're getting animated. First animated movie on the pod. Okay. What would a childhood be without 
crudely drawn outsourced to Korea animation. Um, I'm talking about Transformers, the movie, the animated movie from 1986, not the big budget uh, CGI fest. Uh, Transformers, the movie from 1986. Orson Welles' last role on film. He plays the planet-eating robot Unicron. Orson Welles is in... It was (laughs) his last role ever. (laughs) was doing the voice of a Transformer. We'll go into that when we... Uh, covered on the next episode. I'm looking forward to it. First animated movie. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. And and thanks for your comments and your your props and your your social media outreach tagging us and stuff. It's really great. We so love it, and we love you. And we love you so much. And um, we hope to see your penis and the balls. All right. <laughs> thanks. See ya. <laughs>